Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. It's a guest that we've had on the show in the past, and actually I think we've had him on twice, so this will be his third appearance, and it seems like we spread it out once about a year. <laughs> this is an early one because he's got a book coming out with President's Day. If We thought it would be nice to welcome back Jan Jacoby. Thanks for coming back on to Overnight America. Oh, Ryan, it's great to be with you. Yeah, it has been. This is the third time. The first time was when Young Lincoln was published, and uh, that was, uh, let's see, published in 2018. So there we are. And then last year it was talking about the presidents. And uh, yes, the, the new book is uh, at the publisher and the publication will be in the fall, I think around September 1. At, uh, oh, so it's, yep. great news. Uh, you know, just real quick, there's a bit of news that's happening here in St. Louis tonight. Are you a fan of Ted Drew's? Uh, yes, uh, sure. Who who couldn't be? I, I'm not I, from St. Louis originally, but boy, that's a that's a, uh, a deep part of St. Louis. I love Ted Drew. So this is being reported by KMOV right now. Their Chippewa location, you know, their main big location. Uh, right. It looks like a truck ran into the building. And this happened about nine o'clock. A truck clipped Ted Drew's, and. I'm looking at a photo of it, and there's some pretty big damage on the side of the building there. Pretty uh, big damage not only to the truck, but also to the uh, shop. And they were scheduled to open tomorrow. Oh, no. Oh, I hope nobody was there. Uh, Well, it says uh, injuries not immediately known. Um, The truck clipped the frozen custard shop just uh, after 9 o'clock at that Chippewa location. So it doesn't look like much is known at that point. But KMOV's got a picture up. I posted it on Facebook. But, oh, bummer. Hate to hear things like that. What's next? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what next? So President's Day is around the corner, which is coming up on Monday. Um, it made me uh, wonder. Lincoln's birthday on uh, the 12th, which is what day is Friday. That? Yeah, Friday. Friday. And then, oh, yeah, you're right. It is President's Day next Monday. That I'm thinking of George's birthday, which is the 22nd. Right. He's coming up, too. They kind of have that right around each other. And I was looking at um, I was looking at the different events that happen in February and things. And it was it's good that we get you in to talk presidents and talk about Lincoln with his birthday coming up. And now that you've studied and wrote about Lincoln, are you still learning new things about him? 
Absolutely. It's, uh, there are so many levels that you reach, and, and it's, uh, it's funny that you often say that you don't understand a subject deeply unless you teach it. So in some ways, these books are, are teaching Lincoln, and uh, there are uh, deeper levels. In this book, which uh, covers his years uh, in Springfield, when he goes to Springfield in 1837, and when he is uh, elected to Congress and, and does a term in Congress to 1849, so it covers 12 years, Lincoln will be from 28 to 40 in this book. So there's maturation. Uh, and uh, he is, there are parts of him in this one that are a tad unpleasant. People kind of think of Lincoln as the marble icon, but uh, there are some parts of him that will surprise people. There's some things that I remember from our previous interviews, and the one that always stands out is when he was challenged to a duel on Blood Island. That one is one of my favorite Lincoln stories. This Would that be covered in this one, or is that before the time no, frame? That's, uh, uh, no, that's a very important. That's Chapter 16. <laughs> that's, uh, the duel it. with shields on, on Bloody Island. A- absolutely. And that's a very important moment because see, he uh, that loops me back to this unpleasant part of him because as a politician, uh, early in his career and into the Springfield years, he is very good at sarcasm and ridicule. Now, the politics of the day are certainly include all that, but uh, a Lincoln scholar, uh, Bob Bray, up in uh, Bloomington, who uh, is retired from Illinois uh, Wesleyan, Bob uses a phrase about Lincoln in uh, that period, and it's called the power to hurt. And so he, he, he doesn't shy away from just uh, in these political discussions and debates by going for the jugular. And in one case, uh, further along, a couple of years later, he actually reduces a political opponent to tears because he mimics his uh, all his speech uh, mannerisms and uh, wow. uh, it's and indeed uh, well go ahead yeah I don't mean to talk so into tears okay so yeah, that sounds like um, that is a little uh, overboard or is that just part of the political atmosphere of the time well you know you've got it it's a little of both uh, it certainly is uh, people forget you know they think we're in this. Uh, horrible time of uh, nation-divided stuff. Uh, You know, in those days, in the 19th century, the newspapers are uh, the social media, the television, the cable news. It's all in the newspapers. And each town at Springfield had a paper that was the organ of the Democratic Party, and one was the organ of the Republican Party. Oh, no, excuse me, the Whigs, before the Republicans are there. And so those there's some pretty scurrilous stuff that goes in there. And Lincoln, uh, in the Sangamo Journal, which is the Whig paper, uh, attacks political opponents uh, anonymously. And, and that is, in fact, what caused the duel to occur, which is he attacked Shields. Uh, and and was, it's weird, it's called the Lost Township Letters. And mm-hmm. he, he's writing this uh, letter about Shields as if he were uh, Aunt Rebecca <laughs> so, under a fall. It's all anonymous. And, it, and the stuff is really very, uh, very scurrilous. How do you find things like that when you're talking about things that were anonymous? And I'm sure there must have been a lot of studying to try to analyze these documents in order to authenticate them. Well, Ryan, I'm I'm so lucky. In fact, when Young Lincoln was published, and uh, when I it was 
I won an award from the Illinois State Historical Society for the best of uh, Illinois. Uh, uh, what is that called? Best of Illinois uh, Prize, say history prize. And uh, what they said about it then was that I had relied on modern scholarship. And I've done that. I'm so lucky to be, we are in an age, of, you know, Lincoln studies for the last 30 years has just been flourishing. And a lot of new things have, have been uh, uncovered. And so it's uh, a lot of mine, I have to say, is through secondary sources. But the secondary sources will point you to the primary sources, which are the newspapers, the letters, the journals, and all those things. So you really have to use both. But uh, I can't say enough about a Lincoln biography by a scholar by the name of Michael Burlingame. The biography is uh, Abraham Lincoln, A Life. And it's uh, it's about 1,600 pages. It's two volumes, and Michael himself refers to it as the Green Monster. But <laughs> Michael, uh, James McPherson, who's probably the best-known uh, and uh, best-regarded hist- uh, Civil War historian, uh, refers to Michael Burlingame and says that Michael knows more about Lincoln than any other man living. Mm. So, so uh, I mean, the footnotes on this thing, the, the thing is, 600 pages in the footnotes, I think, are online somewhere. And, I mean, they, they would fill a train car. <laughs> it's yeah. like, he's, he's just, Michael is so thorough. And so I think, quite honestly, if it's in Michael Berlin game, to me, that's the social register of Lincoln fact. So the book is uh, Lincoln and Springfield, which comes out in the fall. And at this point, you're just eagerly awaiting that box to show up in the mail with your first copies. Well, it's a little, uh, you know, Lincoln in Springfield is my working title, and I so respect the publisher, uh, Josh Stevens at Reedy Press. He uh, he worked on uh, the, the first one I was going to call Young Abe Lincoln, and he changed it to Young Lincoln. I think Lincoln and Springfield is a good title, but, you know, you, you don't know for sure. And uh, it's, uh, we have to go through, you know, when you write a book, it still takes uh, five or six months to it's in production for for that long and of course you get your galleys and i'm really interested young lincoln had a marvelous color illustration by ed kaler ed is a local artist and he also did uh, uh little drawings for each of the chapters and so ed will be doing that again and i'm uh, now i never see the cover until i see the book it's really mm. interesting. I, uh, Josh did show me a picture of it the first time, but but that, the first cover was a knockout, and I'm 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 I got my fingers crossed that it'll be uh, the same for this one. I'm sure. So we'll have to bring you back on when that is released. And you're right, the Young Lincoln book cover is fantastic. So do you mind holding on after the break? We can talk more. Oh, Abe Lincoln, please, please, Ryan, please. All right. So the, the book Lincoln and Springfield not out yet, but you can actually check out. Young Lincoln, which we had Jan Jacoby on to talk about before, and it's a fantastic book and continues to get high accolades. We're going to continue with him right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Here we are, Overnight America, and later this week we'll be... President Abraham Lincoln's birthday on the 12th, which is Friday, and then President's Day observed on the 15th, which is Monday. Joining us is someone to talk presidents and Lincoln. It's Jan Jacoby. How are you? I'm I'm good, Ryan. I I'm, uh, I'm well. I'm going to ask you. How's your son? How's your family? Doing really well. My son 
is, I believe, going to be a lawyer when he uh, gets older. <laughs> so, wait, did um, Abe Lincoln have a law background, if I remember correctly? Well, it's pretty skimpy for the day. His law background <laughs> is basically reading three law books and, and passing a, a licensing uh, test. And uh, that's a, that's an important part because he uh, goes to Springfield uh, being licensed in Illinois to practice law. And his first partner is very important in his life. His name is John Todd Stewart. Mm-hmm. And he actually is a first cousin of Mary Todd. And uh, they had met during the, uh, the uh, I was going to say the French, no, it's the, uh, the, the, those guys, uh, the Black Hawk Indian War uh, that's okay. uh, in, in Illinois. I was going to say the uh, French Indian War, wrong war. But uh, so uh, John Todd Stewart, was a, a very well-connected uh, lawyer in Springfield and uh, had come from uh, Kentucky to uh, to Illinois. And he uh, liked Lincoln, and he, when Lincoln was thinking of becoming a lawyer, Stewart loaned him law books and then ultimately made him his first uh, partner. But Lincoln had a heck of a lot to learn when he uh, walked into the office of uh, Stewart and Lincoln in the fall in the say the spring of eighteen thirty-seven. Yeah, let me tell you what my son did to me today because this is how I why I believe he's going to become a lawyer. So my wife and I were going to split a frozen pizza for lunch, and my son was going to have peanut butter and jelly. So when he caught wind that we were having pizza and he was having peanut butter and jelly, he said, "Hey." Let me get in on that pizza. Can I uh, have some pizza? And I said, no, no, no. We made you a sandwich. You're going to have peanut butter and jelly. And then he says, God would want you to share. You love God, right? (laughs) Now, that's a solid argument if I've ever heard one. And when I told that to our uh, legal analyst, Brad Young, he said, you better start saving for law school right now because it sounds like he's heading in that direction. Ryan, how old is he now? He's six. Okay. I must yeah, say, Ryan, you are. Well, I love what you and your wife do because you've told me that you read to him very. Uh, you read a lot to him, and and that I would say to parents everywhere: read, read, read to your children. Yes, my wife primarily reads because the, most nights she puts him to bed because I'm doing the show. But the nights right. that I pick up the reading, the problem I run into is because you know I'll read a chapter of a book that I'm not invested in because. You know, five days a week, she's the one that's reading the chapters, and I'm just kind of picking in the stories here and there. So I get to I get to read some children's literature, and I know Young Lincoln had uh, you know an audience when it comes to like a juvenile nonfiction. So this new book that you have coming out, Lincoln in Springfield, who's the audience for that one? Uh, good, good question. That's going to be probably high school, uh, although it could be. Uh, advanced seventh and eighth graders, uh, but but it it's uh, you know the heart of the book is Lincoln's uh, relationship with Mary Todd, and there is some good uh, material there because uh, he had a very close friend in Springfield. Uh, Joshua Speed. He met Speed the first day he got there, and Speed uh, offered Lincoln to have him live with him in the upstairs of his store, and they became very very close friends. And so uh, Speed uh, actually, uh, at some point, uh, well, well, Lincoln, uh, you may know or may not know that, that he uh, meets Mary Todd and, and uh, goes, uh, the relationship continues for a while and then it gets closer and closer and then they ultimately get engaged. And shortly thereafter, Lincoln has cold feet. 
And eventually he uh, decides that he's going to go tell Mary Todd that he wants to break the engagement. And Speed, at that point, counsels him through that whole process. Well, uh, about a year later, Speed is getting married himself in uh, Kentucky, and uh, he uh, has cold feet about his marriage. So these two guys who have gotten cold feet about getting married have a uh, wonderful set of letters. We only have Lincoln's letters to Speed, but they are the most personal documents that you're ever going to find on Lincoln. And mm. uh, and there's a tenderness to that relationship. And uh, so uh, the, um, the, the that's that, all that is subtlety, I think, that uh, a high school uh, boy or girl would, would uh, be able to get. And, and, you know, again, I would say I work with uh, some very bright middle schoolers, and they could get it, too. Okay, good. Yeah, I know I played this last year, and I don't remember if you remember it, but Kevin Colleen did a whole other story about going back in time and talking to Abraham Lincoln. Can I play that for you for us to oh, enjoy? That's, no, I don't. No, this is new. This is great. Okay, I so Kevin, Kevin Clean is, oh, he's fantastic in all the work he does. So this would have been last year at this time. He did a whole other story uh, okay. about going back in time. The waiting room was crowded with mothers and wives of Union soldiers who were facing charges of desertion, asking the president to pardon them. A few members of Congress there, one of them kept looking at my shoes, a pair of blue Sperry's that looked out of place in 1864. I had read back then it was easier to see the president, and it was true. After waiting at about an hour, the clerk called me over and asked, what do you want? I said, I want to speak to the president about this, and I handed him a Lincoln penny that was in my pocket, dated 1994. Well, that got his attention. The president called me in, and there he was. No amount of Matthew Brady photographs can prepare you for the sight of Lincoln in 3D. He looked like he needed a milkshake or some sunshine. He was so thin and pale. I'd heard stories about he was the tiredest and saddest-looking man on the planet, and it was true. He had the penny in his hand, and he gestured and said, sit down, and said, what is this? Mr. President, I said, I was just gushing with excitement. I'm from the future, and I'm here to cheer you up. I want to tell you, the North wins the war. The Union stays together. The country becomes a world superpower. We defeat Hitler. We, we win two world wars. There's battleships and flying planes and horseless carriages. We've got rockets that send a man to the moon. There's a Civil Rights Act. Women get the right to vote. We have open-heart surgery, refrigerators in every kitchen, Coca-Cola, White Castle hamburgers, and more. Lincoln rubbed his jaw and called for security. A brisk soldier came in and with a nod from the president grabbed me from the arm to lead me out. But I turned to shout to him, I, I have to warn you, it's not all good. There's nuclear bombs and terrorist attacks in New York, the World Trade Center. And whatever you do, Mr. President, don't go to the theater to see our American cousin. Well, nobody believed me. And as you might expect, after the president's death, I was executed. Which is why if you ever get the chance to go back in time on President's Day and chat with Lincoln, just pass on it. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, one of my ambitions someday is to meet Kevin Colleen. You should. He's great. And, you know, when we get uh, back in person and into the studios, we'll have to arrange for that, get you in early enough so you guys can overlap. Uh, but is, wasn't that great? <laughs> that was fabulous. No, he's got it nailed. And, and I'll take one. My first reaction is that, interestingly enough, Lincoln himself would have loved that. He really loved technology for the times and inventions. 
he he was uh, he would have been he would he would have adored technology. Absolutely you know, actually, let's let's do this. We have to take a weather break, but right after, let's talk about technology. Let's talk about, in general, his views on certain things of the day and the time. As you start to write about it in your upcoming book, Lincoln and Springfield, Jan Jacoby, we'll we'll bring you right after the break. How's that work? Thanks, Ryan. This is Overnight America KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. They're playing Get ready for Billikens basketball as they take on Rhode Island Wednesday night. Pre-game 745, tip-off at 8. Hear it here on your home for Billikens basketball, KMOX. Jan Jacoby, author of Young Lincoln, but a new book that'll be just around the corner before you know it. Lincoln in Springfield will be uh, published here by the fall. Thanks, Jan, again for coming on and talking Lincoln ahead of his birthday and President's Day. Oh, it's a treat, Ryan, to to be uh, with you. I, I was thinking of Kevin's thing again, and another. It's a, it's a wonderful story about this. Is that yes, you could get in to see the president, uh, and even uh, in New Year's Day, there was a New Year's Day levy where the president and Mrs. Lincoln would be in the White House, and you could get in line with probably a couple thousand other people and go through and meet him. And so, in New Year's Day of eighteen sixty three. After the levy, uh, Lincoln was uh, going to go upstairs and to his office and sign the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, in which case it would become uh, law. And uh, Governor or Secretary of State Seward is the witness, and, and so Lincoln goes up to his office to, to sign it. And he has to wait, I believe, about half an hour because his hand is so... Uh, 
kind of uh, it's shaking from having shaken all these hands. So, so oh. he steadies it. That's right. And, and he waited because he said, I do not want to have my signature have any kind of wiggle in it when I do this. So they wait half an hour and then he signs it. And the emancip- most of the documents he signed were, were signed A. Lincoln. That's uh, his official signature. But he wrote Abraham Lincoln on the Emancipation Proclamation and basically said to Seward, I, this will be the, what I want to be remembered for. So uh, so that's, uh, that's one of those stories of meeting the president. Yeah, that's important because when it comes to trying to authenticate, people will look at that and say, oh, no, see, there's discrepancies in the way he signed. But really, you need to know that background, that history to understand why that may be the case. And when you talk about Lincoln in accessibility, I remember at the start of that movie by Daniel Day-Lewis, when he was playing Lincoln, he's hanging out on the battlefield talking to soldiers. Wow, that's a different time having a president do something like that. (laughs) No, that's uh, that's absolutely right. In fact, that movie, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, is probably the closest we will ever see to an actually living Lincoln. Uh, He's masterful in his acting anyway, but that's as close as as we're going to come to what he may have been like in the flesh. Yeah. So you talked about technology. Why did Lincoln have a fascination with technology? What comes to mind when you heard that and Kevin mentioned going back in time and you said, oh, he he liked technology. So what makes you say that? Well, he uh, had an invention of his own, in fact, that uh, ultimately for which he received a patent. It was I was going to put it in the book, but it's so complicated that I can't understand it myself. (laughs) <laughs> it would have taken about uh, 10 pages to unravel this whole thing. But it basically was kind of a, a small, well, it was a, a something that would resemble a bellows, and it, and it would uh, help uh, steamboats uh, from getting stranded on sandbars. And so he invents this thing. He, he had the idea when he went back from his uh, congressional term, and then when he gets back to Springfield, they work on it in a workshop, and he, and he builds the thing, and he has a model of it. And, and the model of it uh, is uh, also, I think it's, well, I, I, it's in the patent office, and, uh, and there are millions of those things. Uh, whether it's on display now, I don't know. But he does have a little model of this invention that he did. So he wasn't, uh, and he gave a speech at one point on inventions. That's another one. But uh, the technology sh- is shown in he was uh, kept up to date on the uh, improvements on firearms, on the rifles, and he was very interested. And they would take him out, and he would experiment with it uh, on uh, must be range of some point. But he was very interested in the improvements in uh, the weapons uh, during the war. Wow, you know, I did an interview yesterday about um, World War II and Hitler, and the person was talking about how he took Hitler's doctor's notes and they had to get it translated and then a lot of these medications and things were so outdated even the medical experts that read it had no idea they had to consult with other people to figure it out you know things that were back in the 40s that aren't made anymore and they found out that hitler was using uh cocaine eye drops and it's crazy things and then someone else said fdr used something similar for like a nose wash and i thought okay what do we know about Abraham Lincoln's medical history and things that he may have been, you know, fashionable at the time that he may have used? Do we know anything about that? Well, you do know uh, the depression 
And I wish I had that book lying around here because, uh, in fact, uh, yes, for the, the treatment for depression uh, is uh, there's one point in which I uh, use that in the story. But sure, sure, we know that he was depressed and uh, it was uh, essentially a form of melancholy. I don't think it was manic depression at any point. Uh, he has a couple of very deep depressions over Ann Rutledge and over uh, Mary Todd. Uh, but uh, let me get this for you here. Uh, it, yeah. this, is, this is fun. So uh, keep, keep talking. So do <laughs> you always have an Abraham Lincoln book within arm's reach just in case? <laughs> I, uh, well, I, you know, I do have it with uh, young Lincoln. And I had passages marked off for that, but the, uh, this is now I'm scrolling on my computer because this is just. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll continue here, and then when I you'll find come back this, to that. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Because the the treatment for depression is uh, it's right on for what you want is that what were things like back then? But yeah. uh, let's go on. Okay. Yeah, we'll 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 circle back to that. So part right, of right. The, what's going on with Abraham Lincoln in Springfield, um, and you put a whole chapter on one of the most fascinating parts that I remember from our conversations was the uh, potential of a duel that could have been happening right close to here. But nonetheless, um, I, I wanted to ask you about his views on certain things. So when you think about the end of slavery, you think about Abraham Lincoln and his efforts to put that forward. You see the Union. You see the Confederates and we know about the Civil War and we know there's, you know, that the surface of what the Civil War was about. We can go deeper in a, a bigger political understanding of what it was about. The views of Abraham Lincoln on slavery, have those been documented or are, are we just um, basing it based on the actions of the Union and we just uh, assume that was his view on slavery? It's a, this is a fascinating subject, and there are many different pieces to it. You know, I, we, uh, we're we going to talk a little bit about the statue thing, and mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln uh, Lincoln has his warts, okay? And, and so uh, for the people who want to deface all our statues, I mean, you could, you could look at a case for Lincoln on this, and, uh, and the warts are there in relation to his position on slavery. In 1837, he's in the legislature, and he and a colleague vote against uh, a resolution on anti uh, on abolition societies. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this anti-abolition resolution that passes, and Lincoln at that point and his uh, and Dan Stone uh, put a protest in, and it says they they are against slavery based on it being an injustice and bad policy. So that's where it starts, 1837. But in the book, uh, I then move uh, to another scene, which is where he's coming back with speed from uh, Louisville back to Springfield. And they're on a boat, uh, and they see slaves uh, down below. And it's this very interesting story, because when Lincoln and Speed see this, what Lincoln says to himself, he writes actually in a letter, uh, is that, uh, these people were in the worst of conditions. Uh, they were going to be sold into ghastly slavery. Uh, and yet on this boat, they were the happiest of, uh, they were uh, cracking jokes and singing and enjoying themselves. And he himself is in the middle of a deep depression because he doesn't know what to do about Mary Todd. And he says, God takes care of the uh, the uh, shorn lamb here. And, and for people who are better off like me, you know, I'm, I'm more unhappy than these slaves. 
but it's not a sense of their essential condition that really is part of his thinking. It is and it isn't, but that's another one. And then uh, in uh, 1840, just before he goes to Congress, 1847, he defends a slave owner. He goes to a a trial in Charleston, uh, Illinois, and he uh, basically goes there. And he could have been on either side, but he uh, ends up being uh, chosen by the lead attorney there to help represent him on this uh, slave owner. And so Lincoln does his best to uh, defend the slave owner and that the runaway slave should be given back to him. He loses the case, thank goodness. so Lincoln on slavery is not pure. Then in the Lincoln-Douglas debates, that's the most famous one. He clearly comes out and says he does not believe there will ever be equality between the black and the white races. Uh, it, and, and that statement by 21st century standards would be seen as, as deeply racist. Now, then you come through the war itself, and in and, and the summer of 1862, he suddenly tells the cabinet that he's going to issue the Emancipation Proclamation. A lot of a big story behind that, but he does issue that. Now, get this. The Emancipation Proclamation doesn't free a single slave, not one slave. What it does say is that as the Union uh, soldiers advance and free territory in the South, those slaves will become free. So Emancipation Proclamation, there's a kit. Some people think that it really did nothing. Others say it is absolutely masterful. And in fact, I'm with them because in the midst of 1863, he cannot push the button to free the slaves. If he does that, what happens is he loses the border states, Missouri, uh, Kentucky, Maryland, and uh, Delaware. They will they will go to the Confederacy. He can't do it. So he does not free a single slave in the border states. Only those who will be freed as Union forces liberate them. It's brilliant. And then in 1864, I think because of a relationship with Frederick Douglass and seeing the contribution of the, of the uh, black soldiers, he uh, it comes out full uh, for, on the, uh, the uh, 13th Amendment to uh, to make the end of slavery a constitutional amendment, and in fact, wow. in in his last speech in the last Civil War is over, and he's going to give a speech, and people gather. And he talks about Reconstruction in Louisiana. It's very boring, but in the middle of it, he says he wants to give the vote to uh, the Negro, and it is for the blacks, the soldiers, and it's a noxious phrase to us now, but and the well educated. Okay, mm-hmm. now for that phrase, which strikes us, oh, well, educated, and that's sweet of them to do that. Okay, the fact is that John Wilkes Booth is in the crowd, and he says to the person next to him, "For that, I'll run him through." Oh wow! So how do we know that actually happened? Is that more folklore, or do we know for sure that John Wilkes Booth was there and then reacted that way? No, that's you know the person who to whom he said it. Uh, you know, within a week or two of knowing all the events, told uh, wow. comes forward and says that yeah, that had to be sure. the guy. And Booth wow. just is so, but Booth is totally over. He's over the line by the fact that Lincoln prom- uh, says he wants uh, uh, voting for uh, the soldiers and for the well, uh, the very well educated. Wow. And, and Do you mind holding on? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, we have to take one more break, and I want to make sure we yeah. have enough time on the other side of it. But wow, all of that is fascinating parts of history, which will be the forthcoming book, Lincoln and Springfield, out in a couple of months, really. It'll be here before you know it. Let's think about the spring and the fall. We can get to the fall. We'll be able to can't wait for this book to come out by Jan Jacoby. We'll continue our conversation with them right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com Jan Jacoby, author of Young Lincoln, among other works, including one that'll be here in the fall, which is right around the corner. Thanks again for sticking around with us on Overnight America. And we only got a couple more minutes. I'm curious to well, find I, what you're I, looking I got for. It. I got it and I found it. This, is, this will be a good way to conclude here because that was a wonderful question about Lincoln's medical uh, background. And yeah. so here is uh, the passage about how depression was treated. Now, for six days, I walked to his office and spent half a day with him as his doctor. His diagnosis was I was suffering from hypochondriasis a debilitating melancholia, which could be treated. Now listen to this. Once he made the diagnosis, Dr. Henry began the treatments. First, he bled me to begin clearing out the black bile, which he believed caused my illness. He oh. cut me with a razor to draw the blood. A oh. large amount spilled out. Next came the blistering in which hot glass cups were placed on my temples. This pulled the blood up toward my skin, and he attached leeches to suck out more blood. After what? this, I had to ingest compounds, which caused vomiting and diarrhea. Following that, I fasted for three days. Then I took a variety of stimulants, coffee, black pepper, garlic, mustard, and quinine. He gave me mercury to continue the purging, and which, after a few days, turned my stools green. Dr. Oh. Henry was cheered by this because it meant the black bile had been removed. Finally, I took warm baths to make me sweat, followed immediately by cold baths. Oh, that sounds <laughs> terrible. So That's terrible. Me medicine yeah. in the 1840s. Uh, I hear that the, some historians look at when a, uh, George Washington died, they bled him out because they thought that would help him improve. In fact, that some of the things that they did to him probably contributed to him dying. And they looked at the same thing with Abraham Lincoln. They wondered, was the technology available there after he was shot that they could have saved him if they would have known what we know today? And probably. Um, and no, that's one of those. No, yeah, you don't think no, so? I don't, I, no, I don't think so. I, you know, a bullet no. in the brain, is uh, that's a that's a bummer when, uh, you know, then or now. Kind of hard to turn, that, turn around from that one. Um, so, by the way, if people wanted to find young Lincoln or your work, where can they look it up? Uh, well, Ryan, I'd say, you know, local bookstores, I love subterranean books in the loop. They're wonderful, and they uh, can get you a copy. Of course, Reedy Press, uh, you can get a copy there, and if all else fails, then uh, maybe uh, Amazon will have it for you. Okay. Young Lincoln and Jan Jacoby will have to bring you back on later this year to talk about your Lincoln in Springfield when it comes out. Thanks for spending well, the last hour with us ahead of uh, Lincoln's oh, birthday. Yeah, total treat, and I'll see you next uh, February for Lincoln's, uh, for the next book. <laughs> it's right around the corner before you know it. It is, it is. I know. Uh, that is Jan Jacoby, and he's on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Yeah, President Lincoln's birthday would be on the 12th, President's Day on the 15th. It's always a nice tradition to get him on, and keep an uh, ear out for Lincoln and Springfield. Got another hour of Overnight America coming up right here on KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.